On today's show, we recap Thursday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order, guys. This is the last recap show of the season. It has been a pleasure dealing with you guys. But don't go anywhere. The show is not ending. There's going to be stuff happening all throughout the playoffs, the offseason. Lots of content for you there. So don't go anywhere. Even if you don't listen, just download it. Just play the shows on YouTube in the background. Just keep them going. Helps me out a lot. And uh, I don't feel as uh, depressed and downtrodden as uh, someone who's just cast aside when the NBA regular season is done. Anyway, last recap show of the season. Let's talk about those games. First game for us to take a look at, it is... The LA Clippers beating the Hornets 113-90. This keeps the Clippers in prime position for the three seed. Their last two games uh, are pretty easy ones. I believe they play the Rockets tomorrow. And then who's their last game? It's against someone equally shit out. Ah, yeah, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they, if they win both of those ones, then they uh, they lock themselves into the three seed, keep the Nuggets in the four seed. But there is still a huge risk. Well, not a risk. There is huge, still a huge chance of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard not playing in this game against uh, the Rockets coming up. Now, in terms of production here, Kawhi was fine. 16 points, 9 assists. He hasn't been at his best. 62nd-ranked player over the last two weeks. Same with Paul George, the 98th-ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 20 and 10 with 6 assists and 5 threes. Didn't shoot particularly well, but you know they're just getting it done. And you have pretty strong seasons from those guys. 35 minutes from Ivica Zubats, 8 and 11 with 2 blocks. Obviously not quite his best. And Serge Ibaka looks like he could return on Friday, but Zubac is going to lock in as the starting center. While Reggie Jackson played under 20 minutes last game and played 28 here, 19 points, five threes. That's really good. And if we do have Leonard and George resting, then you've got a Jackson stream, you have a Terrence Mann, you have a Luke Kennard type streams. Marcus Morris has been pretty poor, to be honest. Let's try again. Of late, 15 points in 24 minutes, not a must roster guy. While Rondo's five assists keeps him as that stream option. And Pat Beverly blocked two shots. Uh, in played 18 minutes. Batum had 11 points in his 23 as well, but this was a very, very comfortable victory. We got four minutes of Jay Scrub. That's how comfortable this game was. For the Hornets, no Bridges, no Haywood. Uh, of course, no Cody Martin. LaMelo Ball was pretty good. 18, 6, and 7. Two steals, 50 from the field, 83 from the line, which is excellent. While PJ Washington Jr., we knew there was going to be a stinker coming up from him at some point. Seven points on 23% shooting. He did have four steals while Rogier joined him in the shithouse shooting. 23% for 10 points with five assists and two steals. And Rogier, who was amazing to start the year, has now fallen outside the top 50 on the back of some uh, unsustainable shooting at the start of the season has turned into some bad shooting at the end of the season. Another solid game from Zeller. He played 18 minutes, but it was beyond. 
Biyumbo, who played the bulk of those minutes at center. It does look like Charlotte is going back consistently now to just playing traditional centers all game. 26 and 18 for Biombo and Zala. We even got four minutes of Vernon Carey at the end of this game. Well, Devontae Graham, who was excellent in their last game, was dreadful. Five points on 14%. Shout out to the old Devontae Graham. You still probably want to hold on to him, but that was terrible. Well, Malik Monk, Jesus Christ, rough shit. Seven points in 14 minutes for uh, Malik, who has been uh, trash, I would say. Fair to say he has been trash for vast majority of his career, but also uh, this season. Let's go on to the next game now. We're looking at the Indiana Pacers going down to the Bucks, 142-133. 24-14 for Drew with four blocks. Excellent. Yanni was great as well. Giannis and Tentokotomatu. 40-15-6 on 78% shooting. Unfortunately, 69% from the line. Giggity. On 16 attempts is a huge, huge downfall. But big numbers for Yanni, for Drew, and for Middleton, who had 22-4-6 with two steals. The big ragu pulled in nine boards with two threes, a steal, and a block. And his solid run continues. He can be a 12-team league player. While Lopez had 21-8 and eight with a block. The Bucks need to keep winning to try and get themselves into position to get the two seed. It does seem unlikely, but that's what they're hoping to do. While Punchbob had 12-4 and four in 17 minutes. And if we do see that they, uh, which I don't think is possible now, I think they still are going to be in the mix for the two seed until we get to the last game of the year. So I don't think there's going to be too much happening with rests here for the Bucks. They play the Heat and the Bulls in the final two games. Um, they, they need to win those out, and I think the Nets would need to lose both of the... Oh, no, they wouldn't, because... Uh, well, I'm trying to think how they can be eliminated from here. Maybe if they lose to the Heat and the Nets win their next one, then the, maybe against that game against the Bulls, the, uh, the Bucks rest players, because they get uh, locked in... Let me have a look at this. I'm talking about my ass. Let's have a look. All right. So the Bucks are one game behind the Nets... And they have two games to go. So they do have the tiebreaker there. But if they lose to the... If Milwaukee lose to the Heat and Brooklyn wins on Saturday, then Milwaukee will rest those guys on Sunday because they can't move out of the three seed then. So yeah, that's the info that I was trying to get across. For the Pacers, no Levert, no Brogdon, no Warren, no Turner, who won't return this regular season. No surprise there. No Jeremy Lamb, no Sumner, no Aaron Holiday. And then TJ McConnell had to leave, but this is the toughest bastard in the NBA. Strained his thumb ligaments and came in, played 45 minutes. 23-5-7 and seven with three steals. Excellent stuff. He's been so, so good this year. Well, Justin Holiday played 39 minutes, 26-5-5 five and five with eight threes. And if they continue to be banged up the paces, and I don't really think their positioning is changing too much in the standings here. They can either... Well, actually, they can jump into the eight seed here, can't they, against the Hornets? So they'd want to win, but... If everyone's banged up, and even Sabonis got hurt in this one, hurt his quad, even though the pace is labeled as a knee issue, uh, Bjorkren said it was a quad, um, they're in some trouble there. Now, if Sabonis does have to miss, we're looking at uh, O'Shea Prisette, who had 19 points, five threes, and two steals. Uh, we're looking at Goga, who had 10, six, and four with two threes. He can block some shots there as well. Um, and then you look at Dougie McDirt, who had 19 points with three threes. But so much depends on Levert, Brogdon, Sumner, Holiday, Lamb, and now Sabonis as to whether those guys are going to play in the Pacers' remaining contest. Still so much up in the air, but there could be some real streaming opportunities for Justin Holiday, for O'Shea Brissett, for the back-to-back against the Lakers and the Raptors for Indiana. Guys, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
Head to the website and use our promo code Locked On to sign up today or receive your 50% or to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Now it's that time that you've, you're all waiting for. It is time for me to tell you about my nutsack because it is time for me to tell you about Manscaped. Support for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners and viewers. 20% 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDONFANTASY at manscaped.com. Manscaped gave me their perfect package 3.0 kit, which included the Lawnmower 3.0, their third generation trimmer with the cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. They also gave me the Crop Preserver, the um, uh, the Crop Reviver. The yeah, to just to help prevent your balls from sticking and sweating and all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. They threw in couple of gifts, a t-shirt, a travel bag, Manscaped boxes, and also the weed whacker to trim nose hair and ear hair. And that all that stuff, unbelievable. Everything they provided me has been so, so good. So you can get 20% off and free shipping by using the promo code LOCKEDONFANTASY at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDONFANTASY at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com using that code LOCKEDONFANTASY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, let's move on to the next game of the day. We are looking at here the Orlando Magic and the Atlanta Hawks. Typically a blowout, 116 for the Hawks, 93 the Magic. RJ Hampton was good again, 18, 8, and 5. He's a must roster player. Well, the limitations of Cole Anthony continue. By limitations, I mean they just keep his minutes down. 12, 7, and 6 in 23 minutes. How the Hampton Anthony Fultz roll, plus whatever happens in the draft, how that all happens next season, very, very intriguing. I think we still want to hold Cole, and we still want uh, Hampton in, in leagues this year, but that's uh, interesting. With uh, Mo Bumber out, Dante Hall played backup center 11-5, and five, and Wendell Carter had 12-11. and 11. But if Mo's back, it's hard to consider Hall or Carter must rosters. While flaming Mo Wagner... By the way, keep an eye out on the weekend on the YouTube channel for a flaming Mo Adidas sneaker unboxing video. Me and Ben are going to do an unboxing of the Flaming Moes on the weekend and maybe some other shoes that I've got too. So some uh, sneaker unboxings on the weekend. Wagner was shithouse in this one. The shard, Dwayne Bacon, was shardy. Five points in 20 minutes and Gary Harris had seven points while Iggy Brazdakis had nine and four in 27 minutes. Wagner and Brazdakis can be 12-team streamers. For the Hawks, Bogdanovich has been actually amazing. 27 points, four triples, shooting 57% from three, five assists and two steals. Remember how bad he was before his injury? He just could not fit in. They weren't giving him enough minutes. And then he came back from the injury and went to Nate McBillan and said, Nate, Fanta Pants is shithouse. Tony Snell, useless. Put me in and just let me cook. And Nate went, all right. And he did. And he's been amazing. I have been hyping up Bogdanovich for years before he even entered the NBA. And teams continually handbraked him. Continually. Sacramento, I'm looking at you. You play that dickhead Buddy Heald ahead of him. No offense to Bud, but Bogdan is a much better player. And now we are seeing him unleashed. It's awesome. Capella, 14 and 14. Fanta Pants, actually, he was all right in this one. 14 and 6. While the Baptist only played 21 minutes, Johnny Collins, he had four fouls. That's probably why 12 and 6, but this is just the easiest victory you're ever going to see. DeAndre Hunter, no reason to have him in fantasy leagues. He played 15 minutes. They're not going to extend him. There's absolutely zero reason for it. Drop him. While Solly Hill started in place of Fanta Pants and did these best. Um, I don't know. I was going to say Tony Snell impression, but it's basically a Solomon Hill impression because he is Solomon Hill. Zero points on one shot. That is what Solomon Hill does. He provides nothing for fantasy, so shout out to him. 
All right, next game. What is it? It is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Terrible loss for the Sixers, really. They just weren't in. I don't know why they pushed Embiid through his illness. I know they need one win to secure the one seed, but 25 minutes, six points. He was not right at all, Embiid. Harris had 21 and four. Danny Green had 11 with three threes, and Simmons had eight points and six assists. Their last two games, Philadelphia, are against the Magic. They play one tomorrow. It's a back-to-back. They just need to win a game. The Magic don't want to win. They will not win a game. So I would expect Harris, Simmons, and Embiid to sit this one, and you can fire up your Tyrese Maxis. He still played 17 minutes with Matisse Thibel out. I think we could get a big Maxi run here. You could get some big opportunities for Dwight Howard, who honestly, one of the most annoying bloke in the league. Imagine imagine matching up with this bloke. I would do, and I'll talk about this in a second, I would do exactly what Udonis Haslam did. Can you shut your mouth, mate? Like, you cannot, you, mate. Dwight Howard, annoying as shit, but there could be some good numbers coming. Seven rebounds with 100% shooting in this one for Dwight. But just watch the Sixers lineup. There could be some weird stuff going on. Jim Butler played through his eye injury, 21-5 and 4, while Adebayo had 18-12 and 8. Good numbers. And then Udonis Haslam has not played all season. Came in, played 2 minutes 40, had a usage of 34%, made both of his shots, had 4 points, got a tech, smacked Dwight Howard in the face and got ejected. Legend. Legend. And then Bam at a bio post-game, which makes him equally legendary, said, yeah, look, for you, Donis, this is a real teachable moment. <laughs> like, the dude's 58 years old. Teachable moment. Hilarious stuff. Anyway, uh, Haslam, there is only minutes for the season, came in, smacked Dwight upside the head, and was done. <laughs> just absolutely legendary. Um, Kendrick Nunn had a tight calf, played just 22 minutes, 13 and 2. I imagine that he plays in their next game. He is traveling with them. They still have a chance to get the four seed to get home court advantage. They are half a game behind the Hawks. So they're one game in hand, Miami. Um, the Hawks have only one game left on Sunday. Miami's uh, remaining schedule, if they if they win out, Miami, they will take the four seed, I believe. They take on Milwaukee and Detroit on Saturday and Sunday. So if the Heat win out, they end on... Oh, who's got the tiebreaker, actually? If the Heat win out, they end on 41 wins. And the Hawks, if the Hawks win on Sunday, they are on 41 wins. So then it comes down to tiebreakers as to who gets that four seed. I'm going to see if I can find that out. Um, Heat, Hawks, tiebreaker. Who has it? Um, All right, let's have a look. The Hawks hold the tiebreaker over the Heat. Hmm. Okay, so the Heat need to win out and they need the Hawks to lose. So it's probably unlikely that they get the... um, that they get the four seed, but it's still a possibility. But they're also um, got the battle against the Knicks, and they both sit on 39 and 31, uh, Miami and New York. And Miami needs if Miami wins out, they can hold that five seed over the six seed, which I reckon they'd like to do. Rather than play the Bucks, they can play the Hawks in that position. Um, all right. What else have we got to talk about in that one? Oh, Goran Dragic had 15 points. He was all right. Ariza was pretty solid. 10 points, two triples, a steal, and a block. And Hero continued his good form. 18-6-2 with four threes. Let us go on to the next game. This next game is... Who is it? It is those same New York Knicks against the San Antonio Spurs. They win at 102-98. The Spurs were up in this one. The Knicks came home pretty strong. Pirtle had 8-9 with a steal and three blocks. Very excited to see what he does next season. Well, DeRozan had 27-8-4. The Spurs are absolutely locked in to the 10 seed. So I would be anticipating that there are some rests coming up for those guys. They can't move from the 10 spot um, in that play-in scenario. DeJounte, 14, 9, and 7. Keldon Johnson, 30 and 31 minutes, 13 and 31 minutes. Well, Lonnie Walker was shit again. 12 points on 39% in 29 minutes. It remains one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA. Him and Dwayne Bacon right up there. 274th ranked player, Lonnie, in 25 minutes a night is just terrible. 
Look for some streaming ability for Drew Eubanks, who had two blocks and nine boards in 13 minutes. Gorgie Jeng, perhaps. Maybe we get 30 minutes of Devin Vassell. There is no reason for the Spurs to exert themselves in their back-to-back against the Suns. I would I would be stunned if... Um, there's no way that DeRozan and Murray are playing in both games. I would be stunned if they played in all games, in both games. I think... Oh, sorry, let's try again. I'd be stunned if they played in both. I think there's a chance they play in one. And I think it's a decent chance they play in zero. DeRozan, Murray, Pirtle, Mills, Gay, I think are all probably likely to rest at least one of those games in the back-to-back. Which game it is, I have no idea. For the Knicks, Alec Burks returned after being out forever. Played 34 minutes, had 30 and 10 with five threes. Of course he did with Derek Rose out. Hit five, hit five threes, 32% usage. Cool. He should have been doing this all year, to be honest. But uh, injuries and Thibodeau have conspired. Julius Randle shit on our field goals again, 33%, but 25, 9, and 9 with a perfect 10 of 10 from the line is great. While Rowan Barrett had 24, 9, and 5, and 5 threes. A really strong game from Barrett, 43 fantasy points. Reggie Bullock played just an insane amount of minutes, 39 of them, 8, 4, and 3. And the absolute foolish bullshit of playing Alfred Payton continues. Why does he play 13 minutes? Now, the thing that's going to happen is we're going to get to the playoffs, and he's not going to play Payton at all. So why have we persisted with this nonsense every game? It makes no sense. You know who's a better point guard? Emmanuel Quickly, Frank Nilakina, Alec Burks, Derek Rose. He's the fifth best point guard on this team. Why is he playing so much? Quickly came in, played 11 minutes, missed all four of his shots, and had an 11 trillion. That's a shit house line. It's a dreadful line, in fact. Um, I think, and I wrote this for Yahoo the other day, I think Quickly is a significantly overrated dynasty fantasy prospect. He's been great for where he was drafted, he's had some really good moments. He is the 256th ranked player this year in 19 minutes. Not saying he can't get better. I just think he's significantly overrated. Just bear that in mind. I could be wrong on that very easily. I could completely misevaluate it. Like, I, I didn't think he'd be very good coming into the NBA. I thought it was a bad pick in the first round. In the end, he's probably exceeded expectations. Well, not probably. He's definitely exceeded expectations. And he's outperformed that draft slot. But I'm still, skeptic- I'm still, still skeptical of where he goes. Good to be got three minutes of Obi Toppin as well. All right. That's now that that's off my chest. Let me talk to you about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, raspberry, and they sometimes have these limited edition flavors. Unfortunately, my favorite flavor, cookies and cream, has been, it's gone. Hopefully it comes back soon. But you know what? If you haven't tried them, or if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, just get a mixed box where you get 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each. So you can try and see which ones you like. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with just four grams of net carbs. Order today and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's move on to the next game now. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings. 116-110. What this does is it eliminates the Sacramento Kings, so... Darren Fox, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, no chance we see them again. Um, Rashawn Holmes left this game early with knee soreness. Don't think he plays again. So I would imagine those four blokes and Tyrese Halliburton do not play again this season. So Terrence Davis had 16, 5, and 4, three steals, a block, and four threes. Must roster player. DeLon Wright, 15, 4, and 8. Obviously must roster. Justin James, huh? 31 points, four threes. Now it came on 71% shooting, but he's going to have big opportunities. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bud Heald sit. 16, 4, and 6, he's been dealing with an ankle problem. 
I think you can fire up Damian Jones, who amazingly had five assists, which is probably pretty close to his career total. Six points in 24 minutes with four blocks, but he could play 25, 28 minutes and block four shots in the next couple of games with Holmes out. And does it actually mean I have to do this again? The word. I probably do, because without Barnes, without Bagley, there's no power forwards, really. Chemezi Metu will have to be that guy, and he would have been the backup center behind Damian Jones. So maybe Whiteside plays, but... They also played Lewis King. So maybe Whiteside doesn't play. I wouldn't add him. I'd be adding um, Jones. And then Metu had 17-5-2 with four threes. I think Chemezi Metu's looked really, really good so far. Now for the Grizzlies, they win this one. And what this means is their game on Friday is meaningless. And this is important for the, the Warriors. I'm not, I'm not going to do a DFS preview today because tomorrow's going to be an absolute shit show. And there's going to be you know, 30 guys ruled out for rest. And so what I say means nothing. But what this means, though, for the Grizzlies is that Friday's game against the Kings is meaningless. If they win or lose, it changes nothing. They play the Warriors on Sunday. The winner of the matchup between Golden State and Memphis on Sunday gets the eighth seed. The loser gets the ninth seed. So the Warriors play the Pelicans on Friday. Meaningless game. Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, they won't play. Looney might not play. You're going to get Bell and Toscano Anderson and Mulder and these sort of blokes. Jordan Poole firing up. The Grizzlies on a back-to-back, no way that Jaron Jackson plays. No chance Ja Morant plays. No chance Jonas Valanciunas plays. Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, they might sit. So look to fire up your John Conchars, Xavier Tillmans, Killian Tillies, Tim Frazier's, Des Baines. If any of these blokes play, Valanciunas, Anderson, Brooks, Jackson, or Morant, it's horrendous management. The game means nothing. It is a preseason game for Memphis. It means nothing. And you're on a back-to-back. Valanciunas is dealing with a sore back. And Morant's had a, a, a screwed ankle. Jackson's coming back after knee surgery. They should not play at all. And they won't play. So look for guys like... Let, let's, let's, let's celebrate some blokes here, actually. Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovasas. 24 and 13. What a great game. Returning from an injury. Kyle Anderson's been amazing. 14, 5, and 9 with two blocks. Dylan Brooksy Brooks. My mate, your mate. 30 points, three threes, one steal, two blocks. He takes still way too many shots. He thinks he is way too good. The coaching staff thinks he is better than he is, but this is a great, great game. Brandon Clark, 12 and 5. Yeah, that's fine. Jackson was pretty poor. I think you can drop him. Um, Morant wasn't good again. 12, 7, and 8. He's, man, it's been so bad for him. He's the 115th ranked player so far this season. Um, and then D'Anthony Melton played 16 minutes because, of course, um, just can we just get 30 minutes of Melton and see what he can do? Now, to be fair, he wasn't very good in this game. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating. But don't expect Valanciunas, Anderson, Brooks, Jackson, or Morant. This is me. Not They didn't say anything. This is me. Don't expect him to play. It makes no sense for any of those blokes to play. Absolutely none whatsoever. Let's look at the next one, the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Nuggets win at 114-103. Maga Porter Jr. rested in this game. Um, didn't matter. They still got the win. So Aaron Gordon had a solid-ish game, 15-3-4, and and they play again tomorrow. Now, there is still a chance that the Nuggets can catch the Clippers and move into the three seed. It seems unlikely, but they play the Pistons on Friday. So are we going to see Big Chungus play? Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus, big, big... Um... Maybe he claims he wants to play if he's healthy, but they have been listing him on the injury report with a toe problem, so I reckon they might find a way to sit him down. 31-14-4, regardless, limited minutes. They started Jokic and McGee together today. 
And JaVale delivered 12 and 13, two blocks. Watch for JaVale. He could be an excellent Friday stream. Um, Paul Millsap played 19 minutes, 5, 7, and 5 with three steals. Poor shooting kept that from being a great line, but he won't play Friday. Vlatko Chanchar, 14 points in 18 minutes, a career high. Marcus Howard, 15 points in 17 minutes with four threes. This was without Barton, Murray, uh, Morris, Dozier, and, uh, and Michael Porter. So don't be surprised to see you know, Howard and Chanchar get some decent run in the next one. I don't expect Barton to play on Friday. Kampazzo was pretty poor with his shooting, six points, but had nine assists. I think Faku will play on Friday. Um, the, the only guy I think that's really at risk at resting, of resting is Millsap and maybe Jokic, but they, they might not, and I, I assume Porter returns to action. For the Wolves, Anthony Edwards, Goose, really playing well. And I tweeted this out today saying this is why when you've got a shit coach like Ryan Saunders, just move on. There's no reason to have a guy screwing up your development. I'm looking at you, Sacramento, screwing up everything you're doing. Yeah, get a couple of wins. That's fine, whatever. But getting the right coach is way more important than having the fifth or sixth pick, I think. Or yeah, obviously Minnesota can lose their pick, but they're, no, they're not guaranteed to keep it anyway, even if they, because they're not even, it's not even top four protectors, top three. Um, so I think that yeah, getting that right coach in place is huge. And Edwards has been great. 24-7 and 5, four threes and two blocks. 33rd ranked player over the last two weeks. Still not inside the top 100 for the season. Just goes to show how poor the beginning of his year was, but he's been great. 20 and 11 with four threes for Towns, while Russell struggled a little bit with his free throws, two of six, but 17, three and two is okay. Naz Reed started the second half in place of Jared Vanderbilt. I would have hoped Naz could do a little bit more, but 10 and six with a steal and a block is, is solid enough. And um, Josh Kogi has gone from starting to playing three minutes as a garbage time specialist, which is fine because he's not that good. So I don't know what the hell happens with him and Culver as we move forward. And we've still got Malik Beasley to come back next year as well. And how that all works, I have absolutely no idea. Cannot work out what they're going to do there. Rubio played 28 minutes, 6-6-5. Six, six, he remains a solid enough addition in 12-team formats. Let's go on to the next game. The Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. All right. If I could crack my knuckles, I would. Got a lot to say about this Toronto team. Kids, probably don't want to listen to this. Now, I have zero problem at all with Siakam, Lowry, and Anobi, Van Vliet not playing. No problem. I think it's totally fine. I don't care. They, they, the problem I have is they packed it in weeks ago and rested them and then went, oh, oh, yeah, we'll play him again. We'll play him in a five-game week on back-to-backs, which made no sense. And the only thing I can think of, now I'm not privy, obviously, to inner workings. Did they get a tap from Adam Silver that went, guys, can you please, can you stop packing it in so early? Can you play these blokes? And all right, we'll do it. And now they're out. They're locked into the seventh seed. They can't even move their seeding position in terms seventh seed. Seventh worst record is what I mean. They can't even move that. Siakam Lowry, or Siakam Ananobi, Van Vliet aren't playing again. There's no way. Lowry might have a farewell Raptors game, but it's not in Toronto, so it doesn't really matter. I don't see these guys returning. And then today, Yuta Watanabe started and hurt his ankle. But my problem, my problem with the Raptors, and it's been a problem with them for a while, is minutes and injuries. Um... And I like Nick Nurse as a coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's terrible at this part of the game. I think, and I talked about this on the pregame show today, if you rule a player out on the official injury report, they cannot play. Chris Boucher was ruled out yesterday. If you are going to have the facility to rule someone out and it doesn't mean anything, what is the point? So Boucher was ruled out. Actually, I kind of rewinded a bit. I wish I had a rewind sound effect. I'd rewind it a bit. 
Boucher was out with his MCL sprain, which, by the way, is a tear in your MCL, and you do not care about this season. So he came back and played 37 minutes in his first game back. Insanity, foolishness, stupidity. No need for it. And then after that guy, he's actually out. I go, what? What are we doing? Okay. And then I wake up today. Oh, they've upgraded from out to questionable. Are you guys okay? What are you doing? And then from questionable, Chris Boucher is playing. You go, fuck. All right. All right. Common sense out the window. Is he going to play 35 minutes a night again? Then the starting lineup comes out. And Yuta Watanabe's fucking starting. And Chris Boucher isn't. Okay. All right. That's fine. And then Boucher doesn't play at all. Why did you upgrade him from out to questionable to playing to not play him? Embarrassing shit. Just say he's not playing. There's no need. And I know this is a almost an entirely fantasy or gambling related issue. But it's fucking stupid. And the NBA needs to stop it because it is to do with uh, league integrity, I think. I don't care about these guys sitting. Tell us they're out. You've told us they're out. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. There are plenty of reasons. They are banged up. Absolutely banged up for sure. Van Vliet's hip is fucked. I I know that. Ananobi's calf is wrecked. Pascal hurt his shoulder. Fine. If it was a playoff game, they'd push through it. But how many players in playoff games and meaningful games, they play through so many injuries. They have to have surgery on, painkilling injections, cortisone shots, all of that stuff. They do that stuff. And when games don't matter, if you've rooted your hip joint and there's tears in there, you don't need to play. Sit it down. There's no problem. But in terms of integrity of the game, don't rule a bloke out, upgrade him to questionable, upgrade him to hit, yay, he's playing, and then say, ah, lol, he's not. That's garbage. That's bullshit. I don't know. And then Gary Trent didn't play at all either. Why? Now, I know Gary Trent's not very good. We're all well aware of this. And I don't have as much of an issue with that one as I do with the Boucher one. In fact, I'd rather them develop Jalen Harris. Didn't Gary Trent think he's going to be better than him? But the Boucher thing is frankly embarrassing. Let's talk about what actually happened. Ken Birch had 14 and 5 with two steals. That's pretty solid. My man Jalen Harris, 17 points, three threes, 58%. He didn't do a huge amount else, but I've been impressed. 39 minutes for DeAndre Bembry, 12, 2 and 6, four steals and a block. Excellent stream option. Well, how about Stan Johnson? 35 and 10, six triples. Five assists and three steals, 64 fantasy points. This guy's the 320th ranked player over the season. He's 187th in 26 minutes a night over the last two weeks. This is not just about while he's starting, he's putting up good numbers. He starts and doesn't do jack shit. A huge explosion from Stan that I don't expect to continue. Malachi Flynn shot horribly, 26%, but 16-4-7 and seven remains a good option. While Fred Gillespie played 31 minutes, had only two points with a block and three, or no, no, no block and three steals. But does Boucher and uh, Trent play again tomorrow? I think they pro- probably will. But who knows? Who knows what this team is doing? Absolute stupidity for that Boucher. Not the other stuff, the Boucher one, and, and the fact that they rested their guys and then played them back-to-backs in a meaningless week. That shit annoyed me as well. All right, on the Chicago side of things, I almost forgot to talk about them. Larry Markinen, blow up 
20 points, 6 points, 6 triples, 7 rebounds, 25 minutes, 70% shooting. Do not overreact to that. But Kobe White's looking much better in this second stint as a starter. 17, 5, and 10 next to Levine, while Zach had 24, 5, and 2. And Thad Young was pretty solid as a starter with uh, Daniel Tice out, 10, 8, and 7. But still not someone I think is a must roster. Nikola Vucevic to 16 and 16. I say just. Um, 16 and 16 is great. 6 assists is great. But 37% shooting. And again, not a single free throw attempt. Markinen, White, and Vooch. And Thad Young did not attempt a single free throw. The Bulls took just 10 for the game. Far out. That's pretty rough. Patrick Williams continues to struggle. Nine points in 18 minutes. He has really, really gone backwards. It's not. You can say it's a rookie wall, but a rookie wall is not a real thing. And I'll tell you why it's not a real thing, because why, do, why is Anthony Edwards playing better at the end of the season? Because a rookie wall is just an excuse when rookies play bad. But when rookies play better at the end of the season, it's, oh, well, they're just improved and they've, the game's slowed down. So it's just that, some players get better, some players get worse. That's what it is. Simple as that, but we love we love naming things. We love categorizing things. Um, Javante Green had 10 points in 13 minutes. If that floats your boat, not much else to really talk about for the Bulls, though, who's, I believe they're still allegedly uh, yeah, alive for the for the um, play-in spot against the Wizards. They are two games behind the Wizards with two games to go. So one loss and one or one win. For the Wizards, one win for the Wizards, one loss for the Bulls kills them. I think the chances of them getting there are pretty slim. Uh, who does Chicago have in these final two games? Let's bring that up and have a look. They've got the Nets. Yeah, okay. They've got the Nets and the Bucks. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, yeah, all right. So Chicago's done. Their season is over, and they finish in the 11th seed. We'll see what they do in the offseason. All right, let's go on to the last game of the day. Oh, what, what a weird one this was. The... Uh, Suns win it, 118-117 over the Blazers with some weird foul calls down the end. I don't even know how to describe what the hell went on in this game. It was a strange one for sure. But this keeps the Suns in the fight for the number one seed overall, and it means that that Blazers-Lakers scenario between six and seven remains very much alive. So, um, yeah, look, some real interesting stuff coming for these two teams, and they're going to have to still play guys some pretty significant minutes over the course of the weekend to get them into the position that they need to be, be in to get their playoff spots uh, as much as 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 good as they would like them to be. I think that's probably the right way to put it. For the um for the Blazers, Lillard had 41 5 and 5, 70% shooting. That's ridiculous. Giggity. I don't know why I did that. Because you know why I did that? Because I should have said 69.6. Giggity. Great stuff from Lillard. McCullum had 27 with six assists. Norman Powell, 12 points. Yeah. Not the greatest night, but at least he had two threes and two steals. While Covington was pretty poor early, missed those two key free throws down the stretch too. Ended with 16 points, four threes and two steals. And Nurkic, another horrible efficiency night. That's two in a row. True shooting of 44%, just not good enough for a center. Five, or sorry, seven points, eight rebounds, two steals and a block. So good peripherals, just horrible shooting. Mallow was way off as well. Five points on 14%. And they only played three bench players, Simons, Cantor, and Mallow. When you play three bench guys and absolutely no defenders whatsoever, and no surprise that you uh, can get in a little bit of trouble in terms of uh, in terms of winning games, but that's like that's two of the worst defenders in the entire NBA and Anthony Simons. So yeah, interesting rotation decisions to leave guys like Jones and Hollis Jefferson um, out of it completely for the Suns. All right, I'm going to take just a second to soak it in. Cameron Payne, 27 minutes, 21, six and five, three threes, a steal, and a block. 
Payne has been unbelievable, and he's been even better over the last two weeks. Top 120 player over the last two weeks. And I've been saying, I'll wait for Chris Paul to be rested and Payne's going to be a streamer. Hasn't even mattered. You can actually stream him in at the moment. Probably more 14-team leagues, but he's been great. Paul had 26 with 7 assists, while Booker had 18, 5, and 3. And he was way off. 29% shooting in this one for Booker. At least he was 8 of 8 from the line, but didn't hit a 3. Didn't have a steal. And he is probably not going to finish the season inside the top 50, amazingly. Mikhail Bridges was great, 21-11 with three threes. While there was no DeAndre Ayton, so Dario Saric started, he was actually dreadful. He played 31 minutes, was a team-worst minus 10 in a game they won. 11-5 in 31 minutes, while Frank the Tank went scoreless, missed all six of his shots. And basically, yeah, those minutes that those guys are out there weren't that... Or, sorry, that's not true. The minutes that Kaminsky was out there, they were a plus seven, but they're better off going without a center almost in that spot. Interestingly, Jalen Smith, the player that they wasted the number 10 pick on overall... Uh, didn't play a single second with Aiden out. Um, curious, curious decision-making there from Monty Williams. But in the end, they get the win. Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. We know what he's like. 10 points on 13 shots with two threes, but he had a steal and two blocks. They're still providing the value in. He's a 12-team league player. Let's go on to the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Terrence Davis up 8%. Really good ad. Devontae Graham, yeah, solid enough. Alexander Walker up 4.5%. Solid enough ad. Quickly up 45 That bit you in the ass pretty badly. And then Mo Harkless up 4%, which I think is, is a solid enough ad. For drops, Dwight Powell. I don't know why so many people drop Dwight Powell. Doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Plumley, yes. Frank Jackson, yes. Boogie Cousins, yes. And Lou Dort, yes. We do not see Plumley or Dort play again this year, would be my guess. And Jackson, probably not either. Top 10 players under 50% rostered. Stan Johnson, of course, with the monster. Justin Holiday. I wouldn't be adding Stan Johnson. Justin Holiday's interesting ad. Burks, probably not because Rosa will turn. Campaign, streamer for 14 teamers. Terrence Davis and Justin James. Uh, enough value to be considered, at least. Bembry could be a 12-team, but probably more 14-team. Taj Gibson, if you're looking for his numbers, sure. Reggie Jackson, probably more 14 than Fred Gillespie as an interesting uh, streamer for defensive stats. Now, we're not going to go in and talk DFS today because, as I said, there's going to be so much shittery going on with those lumps. Everything I say won't have any impact. So what I will say is thank you again for another season of recaps. We're still going to do what to watch for over the weekend so you can get your Saturday streams and your Sunday streams in. Those videos will still be there, and then we'll do some different stuff next week. So good luck. For the last couple of days of the season, I hope you guys have enjoyed the year. Don't go away. Please, stick around. We've still got stuff coming, even if you just want to hear my voice, make jokes, or play dick dick uh, drops. I could barely recognize my own dick. It's going to be a fun off-season, guys. Subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey while on YouTube. Subscribe, thumbs up, notification bell. Drop your comments down below. Tell me everything you want in those comments. We are done, guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.